friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Calling all kit inventors. The Little Bitch Droid Inventor Kit is here for the holidays. With this toy, you can make an R2 unit, and you can invent a custom droid that hasn't even been imagined yet. Check out the Little Bits Droid Inventor Kit at littlebits.com, Walmart, Amazon, and Apple. Guys, you are listening to episode number 172, and this is our second to last episode until the end of the year. Today, my guests are Rachel and Polly from the Thriving Home Blog, where they blog about cooking, house decorations, family life, but most importantly, freezer cooking. I was so intrigued with these ladies for a few reasons. Number one, they're women, just like you and I, chasing their dreams and making them happen. Number two, they provide great recipes, which I'm always a fan of. And number three, freezer cooking. Tell me more is what I was thinking before I started this interview. They're going to break down this freezer club that they have going. They're going to tell you all about it and you're going to be hooked. Not only are Rachel and Polly amazing cooks and creators of how to make freezer cooking easiest for us, they are mamas and wives. And at the end of our time together, they share about walking through suffering within their families and with their kids. We've all been there. Or if we haven't, we will be soon. Guys, if you're suffering or know someone that is, our conversation at the end will be such an encouragement to you. As you know, I'm a fan of Instagram. And if you want to share anything about this show, find me over there at Jamie Ivy. Also, go find Polly and Rachel. Their Instagram handle is at Thriving Home, where they share recipes and insights into their families as well. Okay, and lastly, before we get moving on with our show with Polly and Rachel, if you are looking for a last minute Christmas idea, might I recommend my book, If You Only Knew, which releases at the end of January. It might seem weird to give someone a gift that hasn't even released yet, but I have helped you out with that. I have created a Christmas card that you can download from my webpage and you can give it to the person that you are gonna gift the book to. Then on January 30th, the book shows up at their house and it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Just go to jamieivy.com slash Christmas card to get your card for your friend. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Polly and Rachel. Hey, Polly. Hey, Rachel. Welcome to the happy hour. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. So excited to be here. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Parenting, business, book deals, uh, but we have to start with what you're doing right now that's out in the open. Okay, so freezer mills. Uh, Rachel, I'm going to start with you. All right. Uh, if you listen to the show, and I don't know if you guys know this, I don't cook. So your husband, My husband is does the cook. The I've watched him cook, yes. and I'm impressed. I he, watched him making soup, and I remember he used a Parmesan rind, and I was like, ooh, he knows how to cook. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, I He's a that. really good cook. In fact, I can tell you guys this because you guys have released a cookbook. Uh, Aaron and I have a dream to release a cookbook. I love that. (laughs) We need your help because here's the deal. Um, I don't know how to cook, but I still want to be a part of this endeavor with him. So I don't know what I bring to the table. Anyhow, I want to tell you about my freezer meal experience. Alrighty. The past two or three times that I've gone out of town with Aaron, so both of us leave for an extended amount of time and we leave our kids with um, our babysitter, Lindsay, or my Uh mom, I make freezer meals. Because there's this thing in you as a mom that you're leaving and you want to make everything as easy as possible. For sure. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And so I have made freezer meals, but I'll tell you what, they hardly ever use them. Why are they not using the free? They both listen to the show. So my mom is probably talking back to the show right now. And so is Lindsay. (laughs) But sometimes they don't use them. But I think it's just because people aren't accustomed to that. Okay. So maybe they- 
I do think there's a little bit of a learning curve with freezer meals. But Polly and I started, I mean, I started making freezer meals like 10 years ago when I had my first kid staying at home and I joined a freezer club with some of my best friends. And um, so, yeah, there's for sure a learning curve and you also have to kind of plan so I also think there's a negative stigma to freezer meals out there. I think people think mushy, bland, boring, and they're just like, I'd rather have something fresh. And then I realize that freezer meals can be delicious and fresh and full of flavor. And you know what, Polly, I'm gonna throw my husband under the bus real quick. Okay. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I, what I can cook is crock pot meals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because they don't stress me out. Yep. Um, Hands off. It, it is. And I don't feel the pressure of everyone waiting on me. To, like, that is stressful to me. <laughs> like, hungry people. Because yeah. I know when I'm hungry, yeah. I need food. Right. Um, but Aaron is not a fan of Crock-Pot meals because yeah. he says what you just said. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I also think I'm not a good cook. And so he'll come <laughs> in and I'll, like, put something in the Crock-Pot. He's like, did you already season it? I was like, no. <laughs> I was just going to wait for you to do that. So I think it's like, it's user error on yeah. my part. But yeah. people do have that stigma about crock pop and freezer yeah. meals. Yep. So yeah, well, we are, we actually, we've heard the moms loud and clear. They want more crock pot meals. And so we are on a mission now to develop crock pot recipes that are good, that your husband will like. We'll send in the book. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, we, but a lot of these freezer meals that you have, can I put these in my crock pot? There are. Yeah. We have a whole section of slow cooker meals. Okay. For sure. So. Okay. Yeah, every one of our meals can be made fresh or frozen. So that's also a misconception. That's what I loved about your book as well. Okay, let's jump into the book because okay. we just kind of jumped around here. This book is called From Freezer to Table, 75 Plus Simple Whole Foods Recipes for Gathering, Cooking, and Sharing. And I'll tell you what I love about this. First, I love the picture. Who took it? Well, so Rodale's our publisher, and they, they, they did uh, the food photography okay. side. And then we had a good friend do all of our lifestyle photographs. Okay. I love, I love that it it's, is it's beautiful. full of photos. I yeah. love the pictures. We're I, so excited. I cannot actually trust a cookbook without photos. I, agreed. Agreed. Why so, are you going to cook something if you don't know what it's supposed well, to look like? Exactly. So, okay. So this book, the one thing that, one of the things that drew me to it is that you guys are really focused on real food. Yes. Right. Which I think is another misconception that people think, oh, crock pot and freezer meals are just processed foods. Which maybe they have been. What do you do? You think? I do think so. I think some of my favorites ten years ago would have been like take a brown gravy, soup. yes, mm -hmm. like a cream of whatever soup and some packets or of a stuff. packet yeah. of brown gravy mix, you know, with ranch mix. Mm -hmm. Throw it in with some meat, and boom, you yeah. do have a yummy meal. Usually, and, and it is easy and yummy. That's it's not easy a lot. And yummy. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, about eight years ago, my son was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and that kind of sent our family down this path of what are we putting into our bodies? How can we? help our family stay as healthy as possible. And so that sent me down a road of thinking about, we need to be eating the most real food as possible. You know, what is in this canned soup and that kind of thing. So I began to learn how to cook that way. All from when your son was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Yes, that sent me down that path. Uh -huh. I feel like a lot of people, that is a common thing that happens. There is like some kind of autoimmune disease or a Crohn or something is yes. diagnosed and then they yes. go, okay, well, maybe I need to think about what I'm putting in. For sure, right. And, and I love, because I think for moms, a lot of times we think, I bet you guys have heard this. Well, if I'm trying to eat healthy, it's too difficult and too expensive. Right. And that's why we developed this resource. Because like I said, like 10 years ago or so, and for Polly, how far, five or six years ago, mm -hmm. she started down this path as well. Um, there just weren't a lot of resources with, you know, real food, freezer meals, ones that tasted good, ones that our kids would like. 
um, that were easy and doable for busy moms. So that's why we created this book as much for us. We always say it's for us as much as anybody else. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Polly, I know between the two of you, uh, you guys have three kids each, Yes, which is great because you get lots of practice on your kids. Yeah. <laughs> we um, have very, very, um, honest taste testers. Let's I love that. that. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So you have three kids between, um, the two of you, yes. both of your husbands are on staff at the same church. Yes. Okay. So how long ago did you guys meet and where did your love of cooking and then in turn freezer cooking? And then I know you guys have a blog yes. and then you write a book. So take us back <laughs> the all the way to the beginning when okay. you met. Well, we like to joke around. Our story started when I took Rachel's job. <laughs> But it's it's not as simple as that. Uh, Rachel um, had her first kid, so decided to step back full time from the crossing or church. And so right then I was coming out of grad school. I was kind of like, what am I doing with my life? And they asked me to come on staff there. So long story short, I took her job at our church. So that's how we really started connecting. Um, meanwhile, we also had our own separate blogs. So I won't even tell you the name of mine, <laughs> but I was kind of more crafty DIY stuff. And she was really, I mean, head first into this health food stuff. And so we had kind of collaborated blogs here and there and really found common ground and kind of, we just knew we really like enjoyed working with each other and had this dream once of like, we should just start a business together. What are we going to do? You know? And so we started thriving home. It's thrivinghomeblog.com. So we started that. And then, um, and how long ago was that? Six years ago, we started thriving home. Okay. So you just said, let's start a business. And we started a blog. Did you look at your blog as a business then? You know, we didn't start making money off our blog for a year and a half. So it was very much hobby. And it was like, if this turns into something great, but we weren't hanging our hat on it. We were intentional. Like we wanted to go there, but we for sure didn't go in it for the money. <laughs> but I think that's good for women to hear because yeah. I am always a huge supporter of women, like following your dream, chasing what you want to do, yeah. you know, going out and making things happen that you want to happen. But a lot of times women are like, oh, if it doesn't happen overnight, then it's not going to happen. You know, and that's just not the life of an entrepreneur. That's I mean, exactly right. You're going to have, yeah. you're going to fail. You're going to succeed. Right. You're going to fail. You're going to succeed. Yeah. And then, you know, you said not making money for a year and a half and you were intentional. And that's so good to hear. Even when we started making money. It was very minimal. I can't yeah. say we started having full-time paycheck. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 50 bucks was our first paycheck. But we were, we started thriving home with the intent that we wanted to grow it as a business, but we were both stay-at-home moms at that point, little kids at home. Um, you know, I still had a part-time job at our church. I still do actually. But, uh, so we were kind of working and persevering and writing every week on it. We were chugging along but it really was a labor of love. It still is a labor of love, but sure. it was just more of a hobby than anything. And then when we started making money on it, we we're like, this is awesome. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Rachel, y'all started driving home the vlog yes. and your intent, we're going to do, what was the purpose? Because it wasn't freezer yeah. cooking at first. Right. Well, it was freezer cooking. It was a host of topics and we weren't quite sure. At this point, Polly had come, like she said, from more of a DIY background. She enjoyed crafty, creative things. I was more about all natural living, eating well. You know, like I said, I was coming off my son at 18 months being diagnosed with this autoimmune disease. And so we both were coming from more of those extremes and we were sort of blending those together. And so we began to see that we were talking about things just happening in our home, things we were learning, things God was teaching us. And over time it was like, okay, we're talking about faith. We're talking about parenting. We're talking about food. Um, but the things that really rose to the top in terms of traffic was our food and our recipes. And then I began talking more and more about this freezer club I had been in and the freezer club 
meals that really were home runs. And gosh, you know, Google picked those up and Pinterest picked those up. Yeah. I mean, women want to know what is working for you in your house because then I need it in my house. You know what I mean? And so when you started to see that stuff happening, I'm sure it was like, okay, let's talk more about this. So you're running your blog and you're doing this um, and you start talking about freezer meals. Polly, when did it come up when it was like, hey, let's write a book? Because that is just a big, it's not a huge step, Uh but it is a big step. Yeah. We, you know what? It came um, mainly from our readers. We initially had readers saying, hey, will you put all your freezer meals in a book for us? And so we started the ambitious project of writing our own. So we were like, let's do an ebook we can sell. And then, I mean, we just couldn't even get the first page done. It was like so Which is tedious. a very common thing to do. Right. You yeah. know, like so common. So yes. And then we had a small publisher reach out to us, just an email. Hey, would you be interested in publishing a book? We're like, huh, maybe. And so we hopped on the phone with her, talked it through. Long story short, we ended up having publishers reach out to us saying, hey, there's not a great freezer meal cookbook on the market. We would, you know, we see Google is loving you for freezer meals. You have the people wanting it. You know, would you want to write a book? So we toyed with the idea. We ended up talking to a blogger, blogger friend who had just published a cookbook. She's like, here's the deal. You got to get a literary agent, right? It looks like- That you, was my next question. Like, yeah. you have an agent, right? Yes. So again, I didn't even know they existed. You know, like, what's a literary agent? So she connected us with a great gal, Maria. Um, and I mean, we couldn't have done this without our literary agent. She's the one that helped us draft an amazing proposal. We got it to the big boy publishers. And then, I mean, we had- offers, which was great. And so it was about a two year process from start to finish of when we had the first conversation about cookbook to publishing it. So it's been a long haul for sure. Yeah. That's what mine is looking at. My book comes out in January and it's going to be about two years. Uh, So Rachel, when did this book come out? It came out September 12th, just this year, 2017. You got a book, like it's, it's a cookbook. Yeah. I keep calling it a book, but it's a cookbook. I need to get it right. I need to give yeah. you credit for what you did. Um, okay, so Rachel, you keep mentioning this freezer cl- freezer yes. group. And you talk, y'all got you guys talk about this in the book. Uh-huh. And I read it and I was like, well, I need a freezer group. Like I need <laughs> we've won you over. I don't just need a supper club. I need a freezer club. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm gonna tell you all of my reasons why I think it won't work for me. Okay. And you tell me do. why it will. All righty. Okay. All righty. We have a dairy and corn allergy at our yes. house. Uh-huh. We have four children. Yes. Not everybody has four kids. That's so true. we have a big family. Right. Um, that's all I got, actually. Those are my two reasons. Those are the two. I was thinking about, like, who could I do this with? And I was like, well, they only have one kid. And, yeah. well, we have a dairy out. Everyone likes cheese, and we can't have cheese. Okay, I so sell me. Hard. Sell me. Well, I agree. You've got some challenges there. But I do think you have to reach out. Look, a freezer club doesn't have to be with lots of people. Find one other family that's willing to eat like you. You guys cook two meals a month for each other. That's better than nothing, right? Yes. Now, the way we did it is we got together and there were six of us. So I was one of six friends. We got together. We had kind of this visionary conversation of, okay, what kind of food are we making? Well, everybody eventually was on board with, we're going to make whole foods as much as possible. And then also you're right. You have to match up kind of like how many kids do you have? How many servings are we make for each other? These are all conversations you have at the beginning. And really what we found too, is some families might be bigger than others, but even if a meal doesn't feed your whole family, I don't know about you, but like some of the time there's just half our family there and to have a meal on hand is helpful. That's what I was going to say. With football season right now, we eat at two different times. And like I was telling someone the other day, I'm like so loving football season, but I so want my family around the dinner table more than like once a night. It's literally, it's twice a week. 
Yeah, it's which is me. great. That's actually probably better than most American families. Well, our families used to like every single night. Yes. If Aaron and I are in town, yeah. every night we dinner together. So, Jamie, that is so great because if you read the us. stats, if you read the stats, just in general about sitting down around a table with your kids, I mean, the outcome for kids is so much better when they sit at the table with their parents most nights of the week. And especially as they get to those teen years, you know, it says it helps them like socially, emotionally, physically, all those things. That's what we want. I know. I just like, I tell Aaron, I'm in my happiest place when Mm -hmm. it's getting, it's like fall. I'm in my happiest place when like we're in the backyard, Aaron's cooking. I like have a book and maybe a glass of wine and the kids are playing and everyone's kind and the dogs are frolicky. Like this is dreamy, right? Right. But I do love my people at home around the table. Um, And so- and it's more enjoyable. I don't know if this is true for you, but it's just more and more enjoyable the older they get, I feel like. But you have to set that pattern when they're younger yes. or else it doesn't become a value in your yes. family. Yeah. I remember when I um, I remember when my kids were little and we ate dinner at like five. I mean, like literally our friends with big yeah. kids are like, hey, we're having dinner. We're like, we ate three hours ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> my kids are in bed. <laughs> my kids are in bed. Yes, yes. So I was going to add, I'm in this stage of life. I have a six, four and one year old. And so that dinner time hour is challenging for a different reason. Like the witching hour. It's oh, like everyone's miserable. Yes. Everyone's hangry. Everyone's, you know, just grumpy and tired. And it's like my one year old wants to go to bed, you know. Um, and so one thing I love about freezer cooking at this stage in life is that it kind of makes a hands-free dinner. So I, when I can pull a meal that's, you know, from freezer, it's thawed in the fridge. It's how we thought. And then just put it in the oven and it's like hands-free pretty much for prep and cleanup. Like that is a godsend to a young mom. <laughs> it is so true. You're holding kids yes. and you're like, you know, wiping heinies yes. and you're, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like both we're you know, Rachel and I are probably in more of a stage of life. And then yeah. you are in a stage of life where a lot of my friends are. I still yeah. have so many friends having babies. I'm yeah. like, you guys, it's y'all are still having babies. And mom's we need tired. To, we need to, you know, everyone's oh, yeah. tired. Everyone's but tired. But the freezer meals are helpful for both scenarios. Sure. Yeah. Because if my kids are at practice, I can put a meal in. Yeah. And then people can eat when they come home or eat mm-hmm. early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing that's been interesting that we've seen with our book is that this isn't like a normal cookbook where some people just get a cookbook like, oh, I like this and put it on the shelf. We're finding that people are getting this and finding it so useful, they're passing it on. So, you know, it's a good book if you get one, you're like, I want to give it to my friends. Yes. You like, like order it for Christmas gifts. That's the ultimate compliment yes. for us. And we have these moms saying, I love this. I use it. I gave it to five of my friends. Yeah. Like that's just what we're seeing yeah. happening, which is so exciting. So. You know what else freezer cooking is good for is, uh, I'll say it again. I don't enjoy cooking. I don't like cooking. And about five years ago, I gave up signing up for meals for people when they have surgery yeah. or have a baby. Uh-huh. Aaron yeah. was totally like, I would, I'd be so frustrated and like stressed out. And he's like, you don't even like cooking for your own family. How are you going to cook for somebody else, you know? And so I thought about it, like, what a, what a gift yeah. it is to have a meal. And you're like, oh, I'll just bring you something from my freezer. Right. So with one of the cool things with this freezer club I was in, not only were we, you know, serving each other's families and like doing it together, which is the way life's meant to be. I mean, it's exciting and fun and get to hang out with your friends. But, you know, we were in that stage where we were all having babies. And so every time somebody would have a baby, they got to miss that month and all those meals went to them. Oh my gosh, so, that's a lot of that free cool? meals. Oh, I know. <laughs> so they get five free meals, freezer meals. And then we were able to have stocked freezers. And like, I remember one time, this was years ago, but there was a, man, a gentleman getting out of prison. He didn't have anything. And we were able to stock his freezer. And one of them went, one of our friends went over and like showed him how to make them and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it can really be a blessing, yeah. not only to your own family, but really uh-huh. to other people yeah, too. Yeah, okay. A couple more things about freezer meals because I just like, I want this to be a part of my life. Okay. 
whenever this show airs, I need to be able to say, I have meals in the freezer. This is my goal, guys, okay? Okay, okay. (laughs) You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, y'all, I'm breaking in this episode right here to tell you that unfortunately, I have not done this like I told them that I would. But as I re-listened to this show and what you're about to hear, I was inspired all over again. You are about to be inspired because you're about to walk us through a cooking club. Here they go. Okay, so one more thing about freezer meals. So when you did your freezer group, because this appeals to me, like people getting together, did you all get together and cook at the same time or did you cook them in your own homes and deliver them? All right, so we're going to walk you through two things that are in our book. I, I, Rachel. Which also, can I say something else about yes. in your book about freezer meals? Sure. I loved how y'all outlined like someone might want to be in charge and find out how everyone <laughs> like, and that only comes from from bad being experiences. In it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I say learn from yes, our yes. Yeah. mistakes. Uh-huh. Um, so I was in a freezer club, and so that means for seven years, and that means we got together every month, we planned a menu out, we hung out. Um, and then we would go home and we would cook our assigned meals for every family on so our own So you do time. all the planning together. Right. That's like a girl's night. It's a girl's night. So we would have wine, dessert, talk about food no and kids. recipes, which is like one of my favorite things ever. No kids. It's like a, husbands, it's like a book club, husbands. but a cook club. It is so fun. And then. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's some new branding for you. Woo-hoo. Okay, go ahead. You can have it. And um, at the. Then at the end of the night, you would pull out your cooler from your car and we would swap meals. And it was like Christmas. You'd go home and stock your freezer with all these meals. Okay, wait. So, so, I lost you on something. Sorry. So the night that you're having the girls' night, yes. you bring the meals from last You bring last the meals month. from the previous round. Sorry, I missed that. So everyone's so, leaving. Everyone's leaving with their food. So that's the way I did it for a long time. But Polly also has thrown several freezer cooking parties. So I'm thinking this is where you should start. Because, okay. you know, this is like... 
you get your people together. It's a one-time event. It's kind of a trial, right? And we even line out some like freezer cooking party menu plans for you. So we take the thinking out I of saw it, right? You guys did so everything for me, we, which I love. Yeah, we went through because some meals work better to make in mass quantity together, like and some don't, you uh-huh. know? So we pick the ones that work best to like making that, you know, make six and batch Line stuff. up your freezer bags right. and just yeah. dump it all so, in. So um, I kind of got hooked on freezer cooking by doing a freezer cooking party. So this is a one-time event where you get your friends together and you say, hey, we're just going to assemble meals together. Okay, so someone who has a big kitchen, invite everyone over, bring your ingredients, bring your coolers. We're just going to like cook together and we're going to, it's not a lot of cooking. It's more of assembly, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's a social thing. Then you go home with your six meals, try it out, see how it works for you. See if your family, like if you can get to go the home freezer. With six meals the way y'all have it dinners. laid out. Yes. So that would be a good starting point for someone. Okay. And then if you're like, Hey, this works for me. Like I liked these meals. I liked having a hands-free dinner. Uh, then you could be, take a step up to the freezer club and like, hey, let's do it every month. Most people want to. Like we now do a freezer club. I do one now. Oh, too. you're in a freezer club yes, now. Yes. Yeah. I think that you guys need to come to Austin and be my guest <gasps> at a freezer party. We love <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that sounds like doable for me. Yes. Actually. Yeah. Um, okay. I love this. I really do. And as much as I say it, this is like the third time I've said it so far. People are like, for the love, Jamie, we know you don't like to cook. But <laughs> I just love family time so much. Yes. And I that's I think that's what I love about your book as well, is that I can feel that from you guys as well, mm-hmm. is that it's not just a value of making whole food that is good for your family, but you both have a high value of families being together. Yeah. And so I love that so much. Did both of you grow up in families where that was a high value? Or being around the table? Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I think it was a little more unspoken, okay. but yeah, we yeah. for sure, my, my parents always had people over for dinner. They were very hospitable. Mm-hmm. Like I just saw the value of food, bringing people together, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. my kitchen was always full of good smells and yeah. people. And so, yeah. yeah, I think I always had a, a great association of how food can bless people. Okay. Rachel. My mom was always a good cook and she had a value of cooking for our family. So I think I saw a lot of that, but I was the oldest of fours and it was just chaotic. You know, my mom was just, she's working part-time and trying to get food on the table and that kind of thing. But yes, we definitely sat down for dinner a lot. We have a high value of even having people enter our home as well, you know, and um, I think that this is something really good for most, probably typically most women cook the food for their family. I think we're not a typical family. (laughs) Uh, But there are times when I need to do that. And so this is like my, these things are my saving grace. So I'm going to make some uh, freezer table meals. You guys, I know you're loving this show and about how you can have a freezer club. Honestly, I cannot wait for some of you to tell me that you started a freezer club in 2018. But first, I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank my first sponsor, and that is HelloFresh. HelloFresh knows that its customers are busy and loves that they wear their busyness as a badge of honor. While the holiday season can creep towards chaos, there's a festive hustle and bustle you should take time to enjoy. In that spirit, HelloFresh says, go ahead, embrace the hustle and bustle. They'll be there to calm the chaos in the meantime. Here's what I love about HelloFresh, you guys, is they do the shopping, they do the planning, and they do the delivery. So all I have to do is all the things I'm doing, and then they help me make a great dinner, a healthy dinner. It includes recipe cards with six easy steps to calm the holiday chaos. And I'm a girl who needs six easy steps. You can choose your delivery day for when it works best for you and your busy schedule. Every ingredients are pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. They have three meal plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. One of their customer-voted favorite recipes is Juicy Lucy Burger with tomato, onion jam, and arugula salad. 
Does that not sound amazing? And then they have a kid-tested recipe that's made specifically with families in mind. Easy-peasy ravioli gratin with spinach, thyme, and Parmesan breadcrumbs. That sounds amazing. Right now, you can get $30 off your first week at HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code JamieIvy30. Okay, guys, now we're going to talk about what it's like to start a business and what it was like to start a business with a friend. And then they're each going to talk about hardships that they've walked through with their friends. Here's the rest of my conversation with Polly and Rachel. Okay, let's move into this real quick. We, we touched on this just a little bit earlier about the business side of things. Yes. You, you both said, we didn't go into this uh, looking... You had no idea a cookbook was in your future. And you just mentioned earlier, which we can talk about later, you have another cookbook you're working on. So you've yes. got these things happening, but you really just started a blog with the intent of it being a business of we're going to bless women and share our stuff and what's going on. What would you, and I want each of you to answer separately. So Rachel, you start because you have the microphone. What has been one of the greatest challenges of starting a business? Gosh, I love starting a business so much that it's really hard to think through. The, what's the challenge? And you can, and we can, if you would rather like what's been hardest with working with a friend, because I sure. think that's a value as well, well for people to you know, hear. That's one of the things Polly and I do talk about is I would say starting a business is going to be challenging by yourself or with a friend um, over the long haul. So we've worked together six years now and it's honestly just been amazing. We're so thankful that we've found each other. We're friends. We share a lot, you know, most of the same values and have the similar vision for our blog and all those things. But of course, you're working with someone who's different than you. Just like we always say, it's kind of like in a weird way, sort of like being married to someone. Sure, yeah. <laughs> because you're sharing finances, you're making big decisions together, all those things. And this in the blog and this book is like our baby kind of, you know. Okay, that, that's getting a little weird. And <laughs> it's okay. It's a business baby. I, I let's go with it. It's a business yes, baby. It's a business baby. It is. All right. But anyway, um, one of the things we've learned is that we've each got strengths and we've learned that over the six years, you know, what are our strengths, but we've also got weaknesses and we've got things that annoy each other. But for the most part, if you can learn what the other person's really good at, and this is what I appreciate about Polly is she helps me see my strengths and I try to help her see her strengths and we try to operate out of that. Overall, it's been really great to have this business with someone else. It is like a marriage, what you just said. I mean, that's how I feel like Aaron and I are in our marriage, you know, is like, how can we pull out the best in each other, you know, and be the strength in each other? Um, I think a lot of it too, and Polly, I want to hear from you as well as like what's been hard and what's in business and working with a friend. I think of a lot of it too would come down to like, where is, um, what is our, our, our motivation in these things? I mean, you know, it's, I, my, one of my greatest friends works with me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, she's one of my best friends in the entire world, but she also works for me, which is a little bit different mm -hmm. than you guys. You guys are partners. Mm -hmm. And I, we're learning this dance as well. Like how, how do we talk about like mm -hmm. finances and paychecks and raise it, you know, all of those things. Yeah. But we've learned that just like, what, when Amanda tells me something, I know where her heart is. Mm -hmm. So I never think, oh, what's she trying to do? You know what I mean? Right. And so I think what I'm hearing is that there's that underlying trust yes. as well. I think that is, I mean, what, the reason we've been able to do it for six years, we really do trust each other. I mean, Rachel does like all the financials for our business. Like that takes a lot of trust, right? And I mean, we just had to learn too, that we, we kind of flex and flow as our, our seasons of life ebb and flow. So when we first started, Rachel was in my stage. Like she had three kids at home. She was like barely like, 
you know, above water as we were starting it. So I was kind of carrying a lot of the kind of day-to-day stuff. And now it's a little bit flipped. Like I'm the one, like, I can't even talk on the phone during the day, you know? And so she's fielding the stuff that's not happening during non-work hours. So um, I think, again, that's kind of a pro, you know, pro and con is that we have to kind of like when one person gets under a pile, you have to carry the weight of that. But also it kind of evens out over time, you know? So it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of grace. It really takes just having good relationship skills and being, you know, I think one thing we've really tried to do is keep short accounts. So just that idea of like, if something's rubbing me the wrong way, we need to talk about it pretty quickly. Because I think if you don't, it just, it can add up and you start seeing it more and you start letting that, you know, stack up. And then it just gets, it's just like in any relationship, you just have to be open conversations, good and bad. And, um, and we, we have established a, um, what do we call it? The, um, I can try to blank on it. State of the union. Yes. So we have, we have our state of the union meetings two or three times a year is what we try to do. And this came out of just experience that we need to set aside some time to evaluate how are we doing? How are we doing as a business? How are we doing as friends? Like, how are you doing in life? Like, how's your relationship with God? How's your relationship with your husband? So just an evaluation of like, we have like our questions we go through of like, is there anything that, you know, are, how are you feeling about driving home? Do you feel like you're doing too much, too little? Do you feel like it's 50-50? Because all along, we've really fought to keep it 50-50. So as workload and financially, we just, everything's split down the middle. So really have to fight to keep that 50-50. I need to copy that State of the Union little thing that you got going on. That is a great idea. And you know, you said it's just like every relationship. And what you're saying is not rocket science. It is just like every relationship. It sometimes feels like there's just more at stake here. You know what I mean? Like if you just have another girlfriend Right. that you don't do business with, you don't work with, there's not financial responsibilities. Right. Um, you still need to fight for those relationships for sure. Yes. But the stakes are a little bit lower in uh-huh. the workforce. That's right. That's right. And we're so thankful we started Thriving Home and the stakes were low. The risk was low. So we got to kind of grow along with it. And I feel like God's really helped us grow and mature as people and as friends through this. Mm-hmm. One of the things I also really love about Polly is she, like she said, the short accounts thing. I mean, there's been multiple times where I just appreciate her calling me and going, okay, I'm just feeling this little feeling about this thing. And I don't know if it's right or wrong. And like, she, she believes the best in me. So it's not a accusatory, but it's just like, here's how I'm feeling. Is this right or wrong? Or, and so many times we can just nip it in the bud and it works out. And God's faithful through that. I just really feel like he's been faithful and helping us work things out. I love that. And that takes two to do that. It takes someone feeling the nudge and calling and it takes the other person going, you know what? Actually, you're right. Yes. I was, this this was kind of building in me. And, and you have a, when you have a trust that they're coming to you in a good place, Mm -hmm. then you feel the honesty to be able to say, you know what? Actually, I was a little frustrated with you. And then it's like, okay, let's talk it out, you know, work it out, work it out. And I make it sound like this happens all the time. It doesn't really. No, but I mean, this is real life though. Exactly. You just have to know that's coming. There's no perfect working relationship. We're in a broken world, right? Right. Yeah. It's like marriages. Exactly. You need to be prepared. Yes. Uh, Speaking of marriages, both your husbands work at the church that you guys attend. Yes. How involved are they in this business? (laughs) Oh, they've been dragged in. Um, (laughs) So my husband, yeah, they're both pastors at the Crossing in Columbia, Missouri. We love our church. We got to be a part of helping plant it 17 years ago. And, or at least I did. Um, and, you know, again, it's grown slowly, but they've always been so supportive. And one of the things that's really funny, you were talking about how your people are hangry at dinner time. Oh, our poor families. I mean, the thing is we have to like 
we don't have any time. We're not like these bloggers who spend all day cooking a meal and setting up a beautiful picture and taking a photo. No, no, no. We're cooking dinner for our family. All day. That's what Uh, we're all thinking. I mean, to be honest, I wish, but um, no, Uh, we're making dinner for our kids and we're like, okay, hang on guys, sit at the table. I'll be back in five minutes. You know, I take the food outside. I in fact, it's kind of fun. Like my daughter comes in, she's like, mommy, can I help? You know, and they love to be in it, but they're all sitting there at the table. And so they've learned to wait patiently for us, for their food. And, um, they cleaned up the kitchen so many times. Our husband's definitely clean up our disasters. So one fun way the husbands also were involved is in our recipe testing for this cookbook. So the way we tested recipes is we would double, like if I were making a recipe, I would double it. I'd make one fresh for my family, freeze one, send it to Rachel. (laughs) The way we sent it was through the husbands. Okay. So our husbands were hauling freezer meals back and forth, exchanging at the church, coming home with the meal from the other person. So they were for sure, what did your husband call it? Like their mule boy or something. That's (laughs) hilarious. That's hilarious. And they were, you know, they helped like test every recipe. I mean, they pretty much had every recipe in the book and give feedback and. And then you'd go back to the drawing table and change. Oh yeah. yeah. Based on their recommendations and what they like, because we want these recipes to be good for husbands too. This isn't just a chick book. Like it has to be something all the family members were like. So yeah. Yeah. for sure, they had a big part in shaping these recipes. Okay, book writing. Uh, what was that like? <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> um, so I, when we wrote this book, I had a newborn. I still look back, I'm like, I don't even know how I did that. But I mean, a lot of it, the book writing was just the recipe testing. I mean, we for sure had the chapters on the freezer parties and all that, but um, we kind of knew that content by heart. So that was easy just to write down. I think the bulk of the work of a cookbook is the recipe testing because it's so tedious. And if you think about this, if you get one word wrong in a recipe, <laughs> it's shot, right? In a normal book, if you miss one word, your editor will find it, it'll be fine. No, if we mess up one word or one instruction, like that recipe is gone. So we had to be very careful um, so it was, it was a long process. We had about, um, seven or eight months of recipe testing for this book. Um, and it was just, I mean, once a week we'd hop on the phone. Hey, here are the ones I'm, I'm testing this week. What do you think about this? Ooh, I would like that more, mm, let that, less of this, more of this. All right, let's test it. Then we'd have to hop on the phone, give feedback to each other. We use Google docs out the wazoo to collaborate in recipes and pull them together. So, and also another thing about the recipe testing was that Polly and I, what's great back to the strengths. She's a project manager by heart. And so she kept it going. Like there's no way this book could have gotten done without her pushing. But I have more of like, I love food. I love food and I love cooking. I love developing recipes. Not that Polly doesn't, but you know, so we each have bring that to the table. And that came out as we wrote the book. And the other really fun thing, and I saw Jamie that you have a launch team for your cook for your book. Well, we started with a recipe testing team, which was so fun. We had like 300 people that were trying out our recipes, giving us feedback. And then many of them became part of our launch team as well. That's awesome. Can I be on the next launch yes, recipe you testing can, team? For sure. I'm being serious. Especially yeah, if it's we're gonna crock start pots. It soon. It's slow cooker and instant pot recipes that go from we freezer. Have an instant pot. Oh yeah, baby. That's the next new thing. Erin sure. made the other night. I where was I? I first started picking up kids from from practice or something. He made this most amazing soup in the instant pot. Really? And I, can you go ahead and give us measurements? <laughs> right, take right. notes. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, though. He didn't have a recipe. This is yeah. what is crazy about him. Yeah. He's just like this, this, He's this. A chef. He is creative. <laughs> He's a yeah. chef. Like his creativity comes out. But uh, he all he. His friends that know that he loves to cook make fun of him when he uses the Instapot because they think it's not like real cooking. (laughs) Right. Um, But he could not stop telling me. He's like, Jamie, this meat was frozen. 
Yes. And I put it in the Instant Pot and I made a meal. Right. It's crazy. Well, that's what's super cool about the Instant Pot is unlike a slow cooker, you cannot take a frozen meal and dump it in your slow cooker. You're not supposed to. I have. I was about I, to say I have, but it you know can't what? be good I for you. To. Well, the thing is it sits at a temperature that's dangerous for too long. I've read it. Yes. I know. So yeah. these are things we, we learned. Live. I know. We live too. Yeah. We wouldn't <laughs> recommend it though. You don't put it in your cookbook. I uh, don't put it in yeah. your cookbook. <laughs> but the Instant Pot's different and you can. If you freeze it in the right shape, you can just dump it right in there and it really is a lifesaver so on those busy nights. So you're going to have freezer meals that go in the Instant Pot? We're going to have 75 or more freezer meals that can either go in the slow cooker. We'll have recipes for how to make it slow cooker from fresh and from frozen or Instant Pot from fresh and from frozen. Okay, the Instant Pot is going to change people's lives. I know. Like it. a whole meal. It's So you've already is. prepped it. Yeah. And, and you think throw about it this. in and then like, what, like 20 minutes? I mean. Right. Well, think about this. If you miss that window, okay, you forget to thaw your meal or you miss the slow cooker life, window. Like, yes. I'm like, oh, I have a meal. I'll cook it tonight. And then it's 2 p.m. It's still exactly. in the freezer. I'm like, so well, now you still got your Instant Pot. Yes. It's ready to go. So when is that book coming out? Uh, 2019, fall of 2019. Doesn't that so just feel like we the just, craziest thing you can say here, out loud? Like, like, oh, I that's know. That's a year. Right. On the way here, we were just collaborating, like, we need to get our table of contents start figuring out. You know, we were, like, jotting down recipes that would work and ideas. So we're just starting the beginning processes. Okay, well, of- Jamie Ivy will be a taste tester Yay! for you. that'd be so fun. And all those Ivy kids. Because <laughs> Good. my kids, if you ask them, what does mom cook well? Uh, they always say, they only answer crockpot meals. That's what they say. they like, mom makes great crockpot meals. Or they say, and hello, fresh meals. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have contributing authors to our cookbooks. So, you know, maybe we can. You should put Aaron, you just- should get Aaron to write a recipe. That'd be awesome. <laughs> he would totally just create it and it would be the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> the soup without, the other night had like this Asian flair, but it was like creamy, but not with milk because we have a dairy allergy. I mean, it was so good. Oh my gosh. That'd be awesome. And he made me, especially because I'm not eating meat right now. He made me a special one without chicken. I mean, it was so nice. Wow. I know he's, he's, a, he's a keeper. <laughs> um, okay. So parenting, I want to ask you this. Both of you um, have been through some hard things with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um Rachel, you said you said earlier, five years ago, your son was eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah, he was 18 months old. Diagnosed. 18 months old, diagnosed with Crohn's, yes. which is crazy. And then, Polly, I want to ask you in a minute, too. Your son was just diagnosed with ADHD. Yes. Yes. So yes. you guys have been through watching your kids um, probably have something that led to a diagnosis, yes. which was probably hard. Um, what was it like? Take me back. This is fresh for you, Polly, I'm assuming. But, Rachel, take me back yeah. eight years ago, diagnosis. Right. So this is our first kid. We have three and about 15 months old. He was just got so sick. I mean, I won't go through all the particulars, but just so, so sick. And you're watching your kid deteriorate and nobody could figure out what was going on. I mean, honestly, Crohn's disease for a little guy like that. I know adults. And so I've never heard of a child that young. Well, Nathan and I had never even heard of Crohn's disease. A, it didn't run in our families. Neither of us had any problems. Um, and here he was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker to the point where he lost all his weight. I mean, he wasn't thriving. He couldn't, he went back to crawling. Like he couldn't walk. Oh, and he was it like was, 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Poor buddy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but um, thankfully some people in our church like got us to a great hospital, great doctor in Kansas City. And, but for us, it was the first big, like suffering kind of blow in our lives and where the rubber meets the road in terms of, you know, what do you believe about God? And it was almost like we had to go back to the ABCs of who is God? Why does he allow suffering? We started asking all these hard questions. I mean, my husband had been to seminary, he's a pastor, but it was, we had to ask those questions. We had to wrestle with those again and with those truths in the Bible about suffering. And 
honestly came out, I mean, here we are eight years later and our son has done really well. We're so thankful for that. But it was such a growth process for us. And for me personally, in my faith, trusting God, and even for my son, it's just so sweet. We he's, I feel like he really has a heart for the Lord. And a lot of that began early on, like saying, we've got to pray about this, buddy. We've got to, you know, cling to the Lord when he had to go get his IVs and all those kinds of things. So, you know, his story's not over. Our story's not over. We're all in process figuring this out. But on the other end, eight years later, I mean, God's done some really great things in our family through that. That's really cool. We were were talking before we started recording, the three of us, about just a friend of mine and how, you know, she's in some suffering right now and how it is so, it's so beautiful to watch uh, the the seeds that she has sown in God's word of of reading and and Mm -hmm. believing and trusting without suffering about how those are coming to fruition in the suffering. Yes. You know, like those things are come, God's being faithful with what she has trusted and believed now that she's in it. Um, And I think that, I mean, I always just say, man, we live in a really hard world Yes, and this is going to be all of our stories in some way or another. And so figuring out, Hey, what is it that we feel about this? Mm -hmm. And then when you're thrown in the middle of it, you, a lot of times, like you said, have to reevaluate Yeah, and what, this is personal now. Exactly. It's easy to teach on suffering when you're talking about somebody else. Right. But when it's your family is when you're like, this has to be true or else I'm out. Right. That's how I always feel like. I'm like, right. God, you have to be true here or I don't believe in you. This yeah. is dumb. This whole yeah. Christian faith is dumb if this isn't true. But I mean, we were like, where else do we go? Yeah. We have nothing yes. else to look to. Uh-huh. And this makes the most sense yeah. out of our life yeah. right now. It's that hope. That yes, anchor. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Paula, you just recently went through some stuff with one of your kids. Yeah. So um, all of our followers are like, what? I haven't heard that yet. Oh, I mean, is this okay? I, no, it's okay. I just haven't had a chance to really okay. like, um, and, and it's not really an announcement. You know what I mean? I just haven't had a chance to really like process it enough even to like write about it yet. But yeah, it's very fresh. Um, so most of my follower, our followers would know, like, I'm very open about my experience in motherhood, like the good and the bad. Like, I just kind of feel like there's such a filtered image of a mother out there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it's messy. It's crazy. Like, mom's tired. So I've kind of had like a little personal mission just to like debunk the like filtered mom. I'm like, no, like this is hard work. And um, so I'm very real about that. But um, all along, yeah, we've um, had a tough road as a family. We've had some tough kids. Like, first daughter had acid reflux. So she was kind of colicky and I floundered as a new mom at home. And, um, and then, yeah, we've just had, um, a, a very spirited kid that is just, um, been having a hard time. So long story short, he did get diagnosed with, um, ADHD. And so we're in the beginning stages of like, wow, this puts a whole new lens on our experience. And honestly, Jamie, it kind of, I have mixed emotions about it. Okay. Because you don't want things to be wrong with your kid right? You just want to be like, he's a squirrely boy. He's going to grow out of it. And he just wasn't, it was getting worse. Um, but there's also a sense of relief with it because it was like, it normalized our struggle a little bit. It was like, Oh, my experience hasn't been like everyone else's. This has been hard. And this is, there's a reason this has been hard. And this is a medical condition that we need to look at it through that lens. This isn't a battle of wills. Like we really thought this is a result of our parenting. This is a result of something we've done wrong. You know, like his behavior is us is a reflection on us. And so starting to lift that a little bit is again, I'm in process with that of like, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to like get that new lens of looking at him and the things that we, um, the activities we put him in and how we parent him is just different now. And, um, it has been a relief a little bit of like, okay, like now we know this, now we're going to move forward. So, um, it doesn't make it easier. Like our house is still crazyville, which again, that's kind of who we are. And we've embraced it. Yeah. You know, we, we love our kids for who they are and yeah. our kids are the 
biggest extroverts you'll ever meet. Someone walks in our house, they're just elated you're there, you know, and they just like jump on all the college. My my husband does college ministry. Uh And so all the college students know them. And so we're a fun family, but you know, behind the doors, it was pretty messy. And so now we actually are starting to see there was a reason for that, you know, so. So I, I'm listening to you and, um, I, what my brain is telling me is that there are a lot of moms who probably have been in your exact same shoes mm-hmm. with a diagnosis like this, which mm-hmm. is different than a diagnosis with Crohn's disease, but yeah. a diagnosis with ADHD and mm-hmm. they start to feel shame, yeah, um, embarrassed, yeah. uh, all of those things. Have you had to fight that? Um, I think for sure, especially before the diagnosis, because again, I think a lot of times as moms, we take our kids' problems as a reflection on us. And it's so easy to think like, I mean, I used to do that, you know, before kids. I was much better at parenting before I had kids. We, we are. Right. We all are. Oh, yeah. Everyone. You, you know, need to get I your kid sure. under control is what oh, we're my thinking. Goodness. Yeah. My kids will never have fits in the store. Get your kid under control. You know, uh, yeah, I've just been like, God has humbled me, but also kind of like replaced that with a godly confidence of who am I looking to, to say, if I'm a good mom or not, you know, like who, whose opinion do I care about the lady scowling at me in the grocery store? Or am I like looking to my heavenly father to say who I am and where my confidence comes from? So, um, yes, there's for sure is a a shame. And, um, when, when your kids just, you can't figure your kid out, it's very hard and it's isolating because again, we live as moms, we lived in this very filtered generation and not many are putting their junk out there, you know? So, um, again, I, yeah, I haven't quite figured out like, where to go with this quite yet. I mean, we just met with our pediatrician for the first time, like two days ago, you know, so we're in the very beginning stages of it. So it's going to be a learning process and it's embracing this. Okay. This is going to be something that he's going to deal with the rest of his life. So that's hard as a mom to really process. So, um, so yeah, you know, I'm definitely, you know, fighting the, like, why didn't I see this before? You know, oh my gosh, we were doing it all wrong, but it's like, can't live in that. You can't. And no. what you know now is what you can go forward with. Exactly. And I think when people are listening, there are going to be some people who are like, oh, I get it because I have a kid like this at home as well, who mm-hmm. may or may not be diagnosed with this, mm-hmm. but still is a hard kid yes. to parent. I mean, we have hard kids in our family. Um, but what I really want is for women that are listening that don't struggle with that to not think anything less of the mom for saying that she does struggle with that. Yeah. Like, that's just my, like, anthem call of, like, mm-hmm. let's be women who are for each other yes. and we cheer each other on. Yes. And I have some, I have a dear friend right now who's really having some hard times with one of her kids. Like, extreme, 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 extreme. Go all the way to the end. Um, and there's just this sense of a little bit of fear that I sense in her of what will people think about me, yeah. you know? And um, I get that. Mm-hmm. We've all been in situations like that, right? You know, it's like, it's just there. But I just want us to be for each yeah. other and... I've- I've found too with this that since I've been humbled so much in parenting, I just judge so much less. Like I see a mom struggling with her kids at the store. I'm like, I'm praying for her. I yes. just want to give her the like hunger game sign. Yes, like, I want to be you. like, I get you. You are not judged. Yes. You, I just want to come like, hold your hand. I know what you're feeling right now. I want you to know someone's right here with you. I mean, and so I really feel like when you've walked through that hard stuff, you, you look differently at moms who are struggling. I just want to like come alongside the struggling moms and be like, I've been there. You're not alone. Yeah. That's why I want to like my anthem. If you yeah. use that word is like, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. And so that's why I am very open about like our struggles at home. I just want people to feel like you're not alone yeah. in this, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. And we all need Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is the rescuer who can help us. Okay. So I need to ask you guys, what are you loving? Ooh, what are we loving? Okay. And you, you don't do have to have, I mean, 
let's just go. Let's do what. All right, we'll go back and forth. Okay, Rachel, I what do you love? Aldi, Aldi ch- trips. Do you guys have Aldi we down here? We don't have Aldi. What? I know. I wish we had Trader Joe's. We do have Trader Joe's. Okay, related. Okay, they're like cousins. Oh, they are. Yeah. Are they owned by the same, same people? Own people? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Aldi, cheap, healthy food. I always thought of Aldi as like a Kmart of a grocery store. No. Well, that, I don't know. What I don't it know, is. but I don't think I've ever been in but one. You, honestly, you know, that's you the like thing. Bring a quarter. I'm not so saying can... Kmart's bad. Like, oh gosh, now I'm <laughs> I, now I'm backtracking. Uh-oh. Like I just said something Uh-oh. bad, but you know what I mean. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been in one. But Aldi, you take your quarter, you put it in, you get your cart, you go through, you bring your own bags, or you grab boxes off the shelves. Well, you have to- Get a quarter to get a, uh-huh. a cart? Yes. They Why? save money everywhere. So they don't want to lose their carts. They trim the expenses everywhere. And then you bring oh. your own bags. You, we you have, have to do that bags. in Austin. It's oh, a law. Really? Stop. Oh, worst. gosh. Wow. It's a law. They cannot give out plastic bags. <gasps> Whoa. Well, they can for you pay for them. Oh, wow. Okay. So anyway, love Aldi. Um, I have been loving the how I built this podcast. Yes, ma'am. It's so fun to yes. listen to. Yes. It's like, especially for, you know, business, business owners people, yeah. and small business owners. I, we were just listening to on the way up here on a road trip. So I been, listen, which one were y'all listening to? Um, we listened to Whole Foods. I haven't actually. listened to that yet. You haven't? It's a fun one. Yeah. Did y'all listen to Making Oprah? No, that would be fun. You one. have to listen to Making Oprah. The Patagonia I want you guys, one was good too. Yeah, the Patagonia was mm-hmm. really good. I want you guys to listen to Making Oprah on okay. your way home. Done. It's like six episodes. It is so good. As businesswomen, you're going to be like, you're going to go home Done. and you're going to have a state of the union. I just know it. Great. All right, Rachel here. Uh, so I got a new bike and I haven't bought a bike since I was a freshman in college with my tip money that I made in high school. So I've had a bike for 20 years, rode it, loved it. Finally like got a, a new bike. bike. So I got a trail bike this time. Okay. We have these, this great trail called the Katy Trail uh-huh. that runs through Columbia, Missouri. And I ride with my friends. That's one of my favorites. Okay, but your arms look really nice. So what do you do for your arms? Because I have been like creepishly uh, noticing them and those don't come from bike riding. What do you do? Well, Polly told me I couldn't say two workout things in my favorites, but I'm saying it. No, I love uh, Pure Bar, like oh, Bar Fit. Well, yes. actually it's not Pure Bar, but yeah, I go but to a bar, bar class yes. and it's really fun. I yeah. had a free month at a bar once uh-huh. and I went the whole time Yeah, and I thought this is going to be a joke. Like a yeah. joke. Right, me too. I, I could have to move like, the next, the, after is, the first time. You're holding three pound weights and yeah. you do them like 80 times like, in a row. And, and then your body doesn't move the next day. Okay, so now yeah. we know how you get your arms <laughs> far. Okay, Polly, what um, else you love? I have been loving watching Homeland with my husband. Mm. Do you watch Homeland? We did, yeah. Okay. How far are you in? So just three seasons, end of season three. So I don't know if you remember that. I'm I not going to say anything. I won't so ask give you it away. while we're recording. So. But when it's over, tell me what's happening yes. because I forget where it's I am. Intense. It's There's very so intense. many times we're like, did not see that coming. So very it's intense. fun to watch with someone. It's kind of our like kids are in bed. This is our show we do together. So yep. Homeland with the husband. Okay. All right. This is my last one. This yeah. is number three. Okay. So do you have you ever watched A Chef's Life on PBS? Um, or do nope. you follow Well, that? I uh, fall asleep while Aaron watches it. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron and I need to be friends. I know. Listen, Aaron needs to be doing this so, interview. And then she wrote a cookbook, and like part of the series is going through her whole process of writing a cookbook. So I just okay, wait, feel. Time out. I think I'm on the wrong show. Okay. A Chef's Life. A Chef's Life is a woman. She's in, um, is it South Carolina? Yes, what's her name? North Carolina. Um, Vivian Lee. We have her cookbook. My friend Logan no. Wolfram gave it to us. I need to get it. It's I huge, have, we've right? We've never seen her show. I apologize, Vivian. Okay. I do not fall asleep to your show. Okay, okay. It's another Chef's show that you guys would like but it is yeah okay so yeah so this follows her life of starting a restaurant with her husband so it's it's great she's an entrepreneur starts a restaurant with her husband and it's how they run this incredibly hard business to run and then she writes a cookbook and she's a celeb so it's fun we have the cookbook that's so exciting it's got great reviews on amazon yeah 
Okay, Pauline, what um, else are you loving? All right, this isn't a shameless plug, but I love my freezer club. Okay, and I say it because we just met like a couple days before we came here and I'm like, I get to go home and my freezer's stocked and I don't have to worry about going to the grocery store right when I get home is I have a meal, you know? So, and it was like, we had a lot of fun. I made them get on our Instagram stories and like talk about their meal and they were all nervous, but it was so fun. So they've become good friends of mine. And, um, and I just, I, again, I'm like excited to go home to our meals. So, (laughs) okay. I really do. Did you already do your three, Rachel? Okay. I really do think guys that I'm going to do a freezer party. So fun. I, I really think I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. It's way fun. Maybe in February. Like, okay. look at <laughs> That's a long ways off. I'm like, let me get through a You're bunch like, of life. Yes. Um, okay. But it's not as hard as you think. It's it not. really isn't. Everyone brings their own ingredients. So it's not like a lot of planning on your part. Oh, you just true. give I them just their recipe. You give them the recipe. You provide the wine and And, and you snacks. wrote it all down in your book. Yeah. Easy. You did all the work for me. Pretty much. Yeah. We have a checklist of how to do it. Because we, we know we're speaking to people like you who are like, yes, maybe. tell me what to do. Maybe, yes. yes. So we've like, seriously, I even wrote out the specific emails I'd send to invite people to these freezer parties. So that way you don't, no brainer. You just copy this the email. no brainer party. <laughs> you could do it like next week. When I lived in Nashville, uh, we have been in Austin nine and a half years. But when we lived in Nashville, this is, I, I thought about this the other day and this was so crazy. There was this company, and I cannot even think of the name of it. I have no idea if it's even around or whatever, but it was, I'm going to explain this and hope you can get it. So you would go, you would like sign up for a time and they put all this food out. Yes. I've done those before. You know what I'm talking about? They mm-hmm. put all the food out and then you come in and you pay for your seven recipes or whatever. Yep. You walk around, Same concept. follow the instructions, mm-hmm. and then you go home with this food. Same concept, except for way cheaper and our recipes are better. And a whole <laughs> like healthy, like, and they're made with whole ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what's going on in your food with this one. Isn't that funny that I thought about that the other day and I did that and we had two little kids, Uh um, but it was like, and they would host parties. That's what it, that's, I remember now they would host parties. So this is in your home and you tell us what to do. Yeah. Okay. You guys are awesome. Well, this has been really fun. This has been so great. And I'm so glad that I read your email and said yes. Glad we caught your eye. (laughs) And loved your, and love your freezer to table book. Um, And I think just as we leave, the thing that I, I said it already that I already love about you guys. And we just met literally, um, is just your love for community and people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way more than food to you. It's way more than food to you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We always say the end goal is not a stocked freezer. It's getting together with your loved ones around the table. That's what it's all about. That's so great. You know what your next book should be. Okay. I'm going to give you your third book. All right. You've, you've, all right. The next book is, uh, and you can thank me and your thank yous okay. when you do this we book. Sure will. The next book is Crockpots and Instapot. And then after that, you're going to do holiday freezer meals. Well, that's okay. one that's on our list. Well, I well that's, then just act like okay. I said it first, holiday, okay? Holiday freezer holiday meals. Freezer I love meals. it. Okay. Because Thanksgiving's at my house this year. Yes. And it doesn't bother me because Aaron will do all the cooking. <laughs> but I wish I could contribute in some way. And if you provided me with some freezer Thanksgiving meals, I would like blow Aaron away. I'd be like, look what I got. Right. I made that's this. a sweet idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we definitely need to tuck that so, away. There you Thanks, go. Jamie. There you go. Okay. You guys, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And people can get our cookbook, by the way, from freezer to table.com if they want to look for it. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Great. Um, You guys, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us, Jamie. Okay. Wasn't that a great chat with both of those ladies? I loved hearing how Rachel and Polly began this blog and now have started a business and now they publish a cookbook together. I love hearing how people balance business with friendships. The idea of keeping short accounts was so good to be reminded about in all of our relationships and their state of the union that they do each year. I love the way they fight for their friendship inside of their business working life. And their next cooking book that brings the Instant Pot, I cannot wait, 75 meals for slow cooker or Instant Pot. And apparently I signed myself up to be a taste tester 
and I also volunteered my husband to write a recipe for them while I was at it. And goodness gracious, if they didn't convince me at the end to start my own freezing meal club, then I don't know what could do it. I hope that you get to do something like this in 2018 as well. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is me. Well, my friend Amanda is joining me, and we're recapping our favorite shows of the year. So join us and check out our Facebook page, jamieivy.com slash happy hour Facebook, where you can tell us what you love from 2017. Then you guys, 2018 is right around the corner, and we have some great shows planned for you. Guys, enjoy your week, share the show with a girlfriend, and have a happy hour with a friend.